Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. Today is the beginning of the shoot era of GP. The only way to have fun is to take the gloves off. Screw it. If I offend them, oh well. What I am going to do is call it down the line every single week. I know, I know. I love wrestling. Oh, please. So damn it, I am not giving up the podcast. Oh. Hell no, I'm doubling down and going the other way. Oh, my goodness. It, bring it on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very unique circumstance, but I believe today's situation calls for something special. Welcome to the world's number one sports and recreation podcast. And no, the whole episode is not going to sound like this. What you're hearing now is the streets of New York City, 65th and West End of Manhattan to be exact. But I needed some FaceTime with the physically large SGG. Hey, what's up? SGG in person, and we had to get together and do this. On the run tour. Yeah, this is the on the run cheap heat tour, exactly. And we had to do it because... The big news today, I believe it's huge news. I believe the news we got today of the uh, announcement of the the new announced teams is huge news. So seeing as you are the stat man, I'll let you break down the news that we learned today. So we find out that uh, the Raw announced team and the SmackDown announced team are both going to be uh, shaken up. Jerry the King Lawler is making his return to the Raw announced table. Ooh. Vic Joseph is going to be doing play by play for Raw. And what is it? Dio Madden is going to be joining them at the announce table. And I got to be honest. You know what? Let me report and then I'll save my take after the report. And then on the SmackDown side of things, we have Michael Cole, Corey Graves, and Renee Young as a special commentator. Special contributor. Yes. Which I don't know what that means, but I'm assuming it has something to do with her her role at backstage. They want to redefine what she's doing at the announce table a little bit. Yeah, my, my assumption is that that means she will not be at the table anymore, but will be doing other things. That's my assumption. Which, I mean, they have a proven formula with those three. It works. They, they just spent the time to get them into a rhythm. I feel like they should have stayed on Raw, to be quite honest. See, this is... This is where I feel very strongly. Um, to me, 
This is, a lot of people would view this as a great time to switch things up. I disagree wholeheartedly. I believe this is a time where you may want to make a change to SmackDown, but you want to keep Raw at least close to the same. By going to Vic Joseph, who I love and is deserving of being on television in a big role every week, but by having him be lead with a guy who, I'll be honest, I did not know his name until Brian, my friend Brian Mann, said it to me on Saturday. Me, I did not know that man's name. To go that unfamiliar with your raw product, which has been your bread and butter for over 25 years, is making a clear delineation that this is now the B-Show. That move is being done because of the money that's coming from the Fox deal. And we know how WWE feels about money in the hand. That is the most important thing, is money in the hand. But we also know there can be long-term consequences to that. And to me, to turn your Raw show into the clear B-show, where you have an unfamiliar team and you're bringing back Jerry Lawler, who is not what he used to be on commentary, and then you're going to have the voice of wrestling premiering on Wednesday night, whether he's all, he's also not the same version he used to be, but it's still the voice of wrestling on Wednesday. From a timing standpoint, I think they just handed a gift to AEW, in my opinion. I agree, and I agree with literally everything you said. The one thing I would disagree with is when you said Jerry Lawler is not who he used to be on commentary, and it's it, that's incorrect. He is always who he used to be on commentary. It's just that we've changed and he didn't grow with us, which means that He's just not the right move for this for this moment. He's still stuck in an era that we let go of a long time ago. Well, here's the thing. Here's what I would disagree with that. Yes, you're right. He was not. I ne- You know, I always thought Jerry kind of survived and was as good as he was because he was with JR. But at least in the Attitude Era and beyond that, he was able to be, you know, Puppies JR, which may have not been my favorite. Puppies Jerry. P- Puppies Jerry. Sorry, I said JR. Puppies Jerry. Which may have been not, not been my favorite, but at least it was a thing. Now in the PG era, you don't even have that. So to me, you lose what he was really good at in the first place, and you instead have this watered down version of him. And he'll he'll presumably be gone soon. He'll be there to sort of get them started. But is this the time to give a shot to a brand new talent? You have so many people who can talk. Byron Saxon's out of a gig. Tom, Tom Phillips. Phillips. Tom Phillips, who I think is wonderful, it now is maybe going to 205 Livers. I don't know. But to me, to not use any of those guys and and now bring on a new guy who no one's familiar with, they are setting up to have more of a war than they even had to have. Yeah, and, you know, this is not intended with any disrespect or even as a shot at, at D.O. Madden, but the frustrating part about that is it, it really feels like he's filling the quota seat. It went from, you know, Booker T to David Otunga, back to Booker T, to Byron Saxton. Otunga came in a little bit. Byron Saxton came back. Then it went to Renee Young, and now it's D.O. Madden. Like, I don't I don't understand that move. Yeah, it, to me, it's just a strange thing to do that if you you have all these people who are capable. And I, I, listen, I believe Byron Saxton's wildly underrated. Um, is he an all-time great? No, not yet. Certainly not. However, he's a pure baby face color commentator. And I like that role. Like, I think that role is needed and could be useful there. I like him and Graves a lot next to each other. Um, 
I think probably the, the mistake was, you know, they, they feel that they need Michael Cole for it to feel like the A show. And I think if you were going to make a bold move right now, the move would have been to move away from Michael Cole, have him produce the announcers, have Tom Phillips be lead on, um, on, uh, here's what I would do. I would go, I would do Vic Joseph and, uh, Byron Saxton perhaps on Raw, and I would go Tom Phillips and Corey Graves on SmackDown. And I think that would be, you're taking a chance, you're doing something new, you still keep Graves, who's the best part of Raw, and moving him to SmackDown, and you get to develop someone new and not keep riding Michael Cole. They're sort of treating Michael Cole as if he's Jim Ross, and he's not. He is not the voice of wrestling. He is a really great broadcaster. But in terms of his meaning to uh, viewers, I don't believe he's JR. Um, so I don't think you absolutely had to keep him there. And I think instead, it's not so much that I want to be move on from Cole, is that I don't think it makes sense to go with someone brand new. And I don't think it makes sense to completely bury Tom Phillips. I just don't. You've been This guy has been a major player for the last several years. He makes it sound like legitimate sport. Yeah, his voice is just like, you know, people throw around that phrase, the golden voice, but I, that's definitely something I would say that Tom Phillips has. He has the perfect voice for sport. Yeah, I agree completely. He, he just makes everything sound legit, and so does Vic Joseph, but the problem with Vic is, as great as Vic is, and I do think he's really good, and I'm going to try to get snag us a cab. Hold on. Keep going, Greg. The problem with Vic Joseph is, I don't know what his problem with Vic Joseph is, but hopefully, because he's out, we're going to get this cab, because if it was up to me, we might have a little bit of issue, and we got it, and we're in. I got and- you. I got you, SGJ. We're getting in the cab. Um, we're going to go to, uh, we're going to drop this gentleman at uh, 38th and 8th on our way over to 30th and 7th, please. And... And by the time you listen to this, we won't we won't be there. So don't rush out of your homes. Today. Yeah, no, no, we don't need everyone showing up and thinking I, I got an opportunity to spend time. Um, but um, you want to put your window up there, you? But here's the thing: Vic Joseph is he offers some of the same things that Tom does in terms of that credible voice, mm-hmm. really good straight ahead commentator, all that kind of stuff. But the problem is, what he lacks is familiarity and. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, but, you know, Vic did a great job when he filled in. He did. Absolutely. He should be growing into a role that's really prominent. However, to me, to give him raw without someone else, without that really notable person. And I know they have Lawler there, but Lawler just seems to ends up feeling like he's being thrown in there for the time being. So there's something that's not a long term solution to me. Um, and I just feel they are making a play to say SmackDown is number one. It's a billion-dollar deal. It's a huge thing at Fox. Okay, so boom. After 25-plus years, you're now not going to have Raw mean what it meant. And I get it. The money's from Fox. But, man, that's a lot of brand building you've done for a very long time to, in one fell swoop, have the show feel very different. And maybe some people would argue I'm overstating the importance of commentary. I don't believe in wrestling. You can overstate that. I would not argue that. I mean, when you think about some of our favorite moments, they're the things that happen in the match. But then also you hear the voice of that announcer in your head like... Mick Foley falling off that hell of a cell just feels different without Jim Ross's voice behind it. You know what I mean? Gorilla Monsoon's voice behind so many things that happened in the 80s and 90s. And, and 
I mean, it might sound like we're saying that the sky is falling, and and yeah, WWE will be all right. But this is a is a move that they didn't have to make. I agree with you. This is a move that they did not have to make if they want to shake things up. And we and we always say that oh, no matter what, everything's going to be fine, and it likely will. But sometimes there's a series of things that happen that lead to problems and right. a change. And in this case, the timing of you have a new new competitor starting on a major network on Wednesday. And they were handling them too. Like they had NXT, they they made the bold move that they need to make in this moment. And to me it was I know you want to make SmackDown look different. And also we don't know if it's them making the call. Maybe these are demands Fox is making, which is still another problem. And then on top of that, hold on a second. The word is there's now going to be a legitimate brand split. Because what you have to think about is these are now two different companies who are fighting over talent. This isn't USA and USA fighting over it. This right. isn't USA and sci-fi, same parent company, Time, War really. Time Warner. This is two competitive companies who are going to say, hey, if we get The Fiend on our show, The Fiend's not going to be on the other show. Maybe every blue moon, but this they're on our show. So then there's that part. Who ends up where? Literally, The Fiend specifically is a very interesting question. Does The Fiend now go to SmackDown? I would think yes, because he's the biggest thing going. Who do you end up putting on Raw? You've had Roman on SmackDown. Are you now going to move Roman back over to Raw and say, we need you to hold down the Raw ship? And then frankly, for us as viewers, we have been built in to think Monday is the show that matters. M Monday now is the end of the week for wrestlers. The uh, touring will start Friday and be over by Monday. So it, everything now shifts and the way we consume is different. And also, what about for uh, uh, adult fans, fans over the age of 17? It's not that easy to watch on Fridays. And so you're going to a lot more DVR. Like a lot of us, you know, listen, I DVR on Mondays, but a lot of Mondays I watch the show. And on Fridays, well, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bad example because I'm boring, but a lot of people like to go out and are not going to want to watch on Fridays. So this is just a really interesting, interesting decision. And I think to me, just how pivotal this moment is didn't even become, I, listen, we've been talking about and hyping up next week for months now, for four or five months, but I don't think it became clear exactly what we're looking at until right now how different this is and you know listen it's and this is without without AEW popping up on the scene too cuz that we have no idea what how that what if it feels like a really big deal what if they all of a sudden pull some move and you know get a CM Punk or do something really crazy that all of a sudden people are going oh my gosh listen it could be really great for wrestling in general i'm less concerned about the idea remember this okay WWE didn't really beat WCW. WCW beat WCW. They both could have continued to do well. Yeah. WCW became awful. They, 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 they lost their marbles when it came to booking and it became a bad show. That's why they lost. Vince stayed tried and true. They made, of, they made too many short term moves, to be quite honest. I mean, when you hear Tyler talk about Storylines not carrying over from week to week and just things being thrown together at the last minute, trying to pop the ratings on TV versus trying to pop the pay-per-view buys. Right. And, and their own grave. And, and, and right here, it's, I think about a similar thing. 
AEW can't beat WWE. The business infrastructure is too strong. It can't happen. But you can seriously erode your own fan base. And it's, it just is potentially heightened by the fact that you now have a competitor popping up with the voice of wrestling Jim Ross on Wednesday night. So it's not that I think they will like come out and start beating WWE. No, that's not what I expect. But I do think it could heighten these big changes. And, you know, another thing I'm interested in is I watched NXT last week. Uh, I mean, last night. And I know I have some views on NXT that are probably not popular and that hardcore NXT fans will not agree with. Listen, I, I got tweets last week from people who were angry at me that I was watching the show live. How dare I? And there are other people saying, oh, you're, you know, what do you mean? You don't know how Morrow's going to be for two hours. He's done it on takeovers and blah. Not the same thing, guys. And, 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 and for the record, if you're a super hardcore NXT fan, you're not really the person who matters at this point. That's the thing you have to remember. They're now on television. It is a two-hour show. And I will tell you, last night, switching over from USA to the network, and eventually it'll all just be, you know, soon it'll be just on USA. Next week. Next week. It, it just felt long. It it fe- what, what I liked about NXT before, even though I was not a weekly viewer, was that when I did watch... I saw everything that imp- important that was going on quickly. In less than an hour, I saw everything that was going on. Yesterday, it's a lot. There's a lot of people. You have every, you have, it's not like you're just seeing Walter and Pete Dunn and Rhea Ripley. You're getting other people from NXT. Well, yeah, they UK. have to introduce, they have to introduce the roster, like. And, and then, and then, Greg, this is a point I just thought of. They're also caught in a really interesting spot. You have to either run tons of matches. Like a stupid amount of wrestling matches to have in one show. Or you need to start diving deeper into storylines, which has never really been the strong suit of NXT. Yes, you'll have the Gargano Chompas, the really good ones that come along. But by and large, it's not super driven by promos and storyline. It's driven by wrestling matches. And over the course of two hours, and again, and, and, and Morrow, who's an incredible talent, but I think really needs to learn to pace himself. Having a screaming high yeah, spot for two straight hours every week. You can't be on 10 the whole time. And I, I think people talk about the talent and the matches, but you raise a good point. At the announce table, that battle between Morrow and JR is going to be just as important as, you know, Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega or, you know, Street Profits, Young Bucks. <laughs> like, that matters. I think I think it's all super important, and let's say ultimately it won't. NXT will be okay. It doesn't matter if they beat AEW. I don't think that's the end of the world. NXT is in a is in a really a win win situation though. Like if they beat AEW, then they're the brand that is you know putting their foot on AEW's neck. And if they don't, they're the developmental brand, so it doesn't matter. Agreed, agreed. So I don't think there's a lot of pressure. My bigger concerns about NXT are just about how how good is the actual show. It's not about. Um, yeah, winning or losing, I don't think that matters. To me, though, yesterday, more so than the first week when everything felt brand new, yesterday I noticed, I was like, oh, this is a long show. This is, uh, it's, it's, we already felt we had one show that was too long, and there's already a ton of wrestling every week, and now there's going to be a new show that hardcore wrestling fans want to watch, and now you doubled the time of another show people like to watch. It's, it's a lot. There's a lot going on right now, and I, I think, Everyone thinking that nothing can happen to WWE here. Yes, in the immediate, I think you're right. But how it plays out over time, I think there's some interesting stuff on the horizon. And I'm very curious to see how things go. 
It's sort of like the conversation we had about doing the Saudi shows. Yes, yeah. the money the money in the hand is great, but what does it do for your brand in the long term? Um, and are we already getting to your stop? I think we are. So SGG, we're going to wrap up. Well, our listeners won't see any difference because we're just going to continue the show and not be in a cab. But we, uh, yeah, you could just stop on the far side right here and, and drop them here. SGG had to go back to Philadelphia. Uh, I am now back at Casa del Rosenberg. Um, and I'm going to do this. I'm excited about this plan. So we have to figure out a new schedule for GP. Um, obviously, our schedule has been in flux for a long time based on me and Greg's schedule um, or Greg and my schedule. However, now with the primary show on WWE being Friday, I asked you guys, what do you think the schedule for the show should be? Um, We'd kind of been doing a lot of Friday nights, which seems stupid, but now doing Friday night and it releasing Saturday morning may make sense. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Feel free to email me and, and Tell me when you listen to the podcast and when you think makes the most sense for you to receive the podcast. Here's what we're going to do next week, though. Um, we are going to do, we're going to record Monday night after Raw. We're going to give you a show Monday night, um, immediately after Raw to release Tuesday morning. And then after that, we're going to do a show Wednesday night after AEW's debut to give you Thursday morning. So you will get two cheap heats next week, Tuesday and Thursday morning, first thing. And then we have to figure out what to do about SmackDown. But again, that goes back to that question of of schedule. So we're going to do an abbreviated show today um, when you hear this Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. But then, no, turn around Tuesday and Thursday. Boom. You're going to get breakdowns next week because next week is the biggest week. Um, and I really think the story this week has been what we covered, which is the the, the shakeup and broadcast. Um, that's where I think the most information exists, um, right now. I mean, a fine week of Raw and SmackDown, not, not incredibly eventful, um, which is not surprising given where we are. Um, nice match between Chad Gable and Baron Corbin, I thought. Um, you know, then you had, uh, Sasha and Nikki Cross. Um, you know, listen. Some new day on SmackDown. What's it all going to mean? We have no idea who's going to be on what shows in a week or in two weeks. So I guess SmackDown, they're going to come out of the gate. Well, first of all, Monday, you're going to get a Miz TV with Hogan and Flair. And I, I really hope, I mean, listen, what, what am I even saying? They're going to end up just shilling because that's how they use, you know, legends these days. But I wish that wasn't what it was, you know? Frankly, I think the emergence of SmackDown, I'm sure SGG would disagree with me. SmackDown would be the perfect time to bring Hogan back, but in a real role as a character, not as, you listen here, brother, SmackDown's on Fox, brother. You know? Go to the network, brother. Bring him back as a flawed, real character with characteristics and qualities that a human being has. Not just a shill box. I think it would be the perfect opportunity to bring Hogan back. So they announced that Hogan, Austin, Undertaker, all on SmackDown. Then they've already announced that the following week we're going to get a draft. So in a couple of weeks, what we see as shows right now are not going to matter. And as I, as I said repeatedly when Greg and I were in the cab, this is a transitional and important time. 
and it is not as simple as everything is great. No, there, there's more going on here. It could be amazing. It could be amazing, but it is going to be a pivotal and transitional next, I'd say, 18 months in the wrestling business. Um, let's read. Man, there are a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of, um, comments here from this week. First of all, shout out to everyone who reached out about, um, everyone who reached out about Juan Epstein coming back. Juan Ep is back. My hip hop podcast. Go search for Juan Ep wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe. If you're a cheap eater, even if you don't listen, subscribe for your boy and support. But I, I hope you listen. It's a full season about Jay Z. It's the Jay Z story. Um, I think it's pretty dope. It's sort of like a real documentary kind of look, but done by two funny people. So it's like a, it's a real story, but it's just through, you know, the eyes of myself and Cypher Sounds. And I, I think you'll dig it if you're into hip hop. So let's see. Or let's see. Someone says, Stone Cold Steve Austin mentioned you. Eric says, Hey Pete. In case you missed it, I'm listening to Stone Cold's latest podcast. Towards the end, the goat mentions you. He was talking about his beer and how there's a difference between West Coast and East Coast beer. He says, much like West Coast and East Coast rap, like Peter Rosenberg told him years ago. Wow, that's dope. Shout out to Stone Cold, man. I It tickles me that I have a relationship with Stone Cold at all. He responds to my text. I made it in wrestling. <laughs> that's that's all there is to it. Uh, that's That's awesome. Um, I hear back if I hit Brett or Stone Cold, I hear back. That isn't that it. What else is there to do in, in wrestling? What else is there to accomplish? Travis writes us, uh, Street Profits. Love the show. Listening for a while now. Just hitting you up on the gimmick of the Street Profits. They are all knowing commentators because like all prophets, they foresee the future. Stay mage. Enjoy yourself. I hear you. That's a good point. It's a good response into our conversation uh, about last week about what are they exactly doing with the Street Profits. Uh, Ronell writes us, your response to NXT on USA. Hey, sweet Peter Rosenberg and the statless one snack guy, Greg, will keep this short. Going forward, if you're going to discuss a show match pay-per-view, please try to watch the show match pay-per-view before the podcast. It seemed weird that you would start the show talking about NXT when you opened the show saying you were watching this week's NXT. I think you could have just let the chicken one give his opinion on what took place since he actually watched the show. And you could have discussed Clash of Champions since Snack Guy didn't see the pay-per-view. That's a fair point. Other than that, keep up the good work. I listen to you both hot and TMKS here in Chicago. I'd love to meet up the next time you're in town to devour a deep dish pizza at Pequod's. Um, oh, he doesn't know how to spell Pequod's because he's a Lou Malnati's guy. Thanks, Ronell. I appreciate it. Listen, I got some comments from people. Guys, totally reasonable to have expectations that I watch the product, right? It is completely reasonable. It's a wrestling podcast, for God's sake. But I'm just going to warn you now. As we enter this era of three-hour Raw, two-hour SmackDown, two-hour NXT, two-hour AEW, it's going to be tough. There's going to be some challenges. It's a lot of TV, man. So, like... If I do a, that's why, that's why we're gonna have to figure out from a schedule standpoint what makes the most sense to do the show. Because I, I, you know, just being honest with you, 
this is still what I'm most excited about. Like, I, this is what I love to talk about. But from an actual consumption standpoint, you know, two, three, two, seven, nine, nine hours a week if there's no pay-per-view. If there's a pay-per-view, 12 hours a week. Um, it's hard. It's just hard. I, I have to watch sports too all weekend. It's a lot. So that's why if you're into the show strictly for recap purposes, I'm sure there's a better show for you. I mean, I'm just being blunt with you. If, if the show, if, if you like the recap stuff, but you also like the camaraderie and the mailbag and everything else, that's why you love cheap eat from a straight breaking down the product segment to segment. Wade Keller does an amazing job with that. There are other podcasts out there that do it. We will certainly do our best. But if that's the, that can't be the sole standard. It's just too much content every week. I mean, this is the way I'm going to approach next week is doing a pod Monday just so I am forced to watch Raw Monday, do a show. And then Wednesday, I'll obviously be very excited to see what AEW looks like and then do a show. And then we'll have to figure out what to do moving forward with, with SmackDown being on Fridays. I don't know if we'll do a show. I'm traveling next weekend. If we'll maybe do it Saturday morning while I'm on the road, whatever we do, we'll, we'll figure it out. But it is going to be interesting because the whole week shifts now with this. Now, one thing we didn't talk about earlier when SGG was here was the the Fox show they're doing, uh, which is going to be hosted by Renee and Booker. Um, I, I love Renee and Booker from a chemistry standpoint. Obviously, I'm biased because I love working with them too. Um, hmm, could be a good spot to use me again. But um, I think they're a good choice to do it. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the show. And how much they even have prepared for this show based on, it sounds like, I mean, listen, it sounds like they decided on the announcers for Raw and SmackDown literally within the last 48 hours, 72 hours. So it's crazy, man. What an unbelievably insane segment of the entertainment business. When you think about how TV and movies generally work, things are so pre-planned and so built out. And so, and in this business, it's like, even though plans are in place and there's so much done from a creative standpoint, things are decided like seconds before. It's insane. Anyways, Ronell, I appreciate the comment. I understand. Certainly do the best I can. Um, Patrick writes, your thoughts on Morrow were spot on. I was thinking almost the same thing when I watched NXT. I love Morrow on SmackDown. Um, he was definitely a lot more subdued. This was my first time watching NXT in years. So I don't know if this was his typical NXT style, but he definitely seemed to be overselling everything the entire time. On another note, I feel like we are going from Monday Night Wars to the full week bores. Too much wrestling had it our way with all these shows. Three days of wrestling plus an occasional Sunday pay-per-view. Watch out. I fear there will be too much of a good thing that hurts the overall product. Thanks for the podcast. I enjoy listening to it weekly. Thanks to you and SGG for keeping it clean and keeping it real. God bless, Patrick. Thank you. Yeah, you know, some people really disagree with me and my take on Morrow. I'm sorry. It's, you know, if, if you watch a UFC fight, of which I watch too many, um, the pacing there, you, you can't scream for every kick. You can't scream for every attempted takedown. You know, you you have to pace yourself a bit. And like I've said, I feel like I have to say this so carefully or people will think I'm attacking Morrow. He's awesome. He's incredibly unique. He has his own thing. But it's it's too much, you know? I mean, listen, I think he's – it's the same critiques people have with Joe Tessitore on Monday Night Football. Just too much. Just pay – you got to have pace. You got to tell a story. Not everything is that excited, you know? So – 
And it, and it's never going to seem that exciting if you're overselling everything. And doing two hours every single week with this show means some of the matches just aren't that big a deal. You can't make every match in a two-hour show exciting. Think about the shows we watched as kids. Think about primetime wrestling on Saturdays, how meaningless most of the matches were. So you can't start pretending now that every match on every given television show is super meaningful. That's just not – it's not true. And everyone knows it's not true. You have to make the big matches mean something. Mail. Uh, Daniel, Daniel writes, Smarky Smarks and the Factless Bunch. Yo, what up, PDP and the Factless Wonder of the World? D. Mitty here. You may know me from my ITC fame. I don't know what that means. Um, will you guys pop next week if the fiend just destroys Hogan? Will that be enough for you guys to move on? Or does he mean, will that be enough for you guys to move on? Plus, there will be some secret hidden episode where Greg will have some of his own takes instead of agreeing with his majesty. Wow. A lot of shots here. Peace out, stay mage. Enjoy yourself and any other cliche you have coined. Warmest regards, Daniel. I mean, was that an entire attack from Daniel? Just rude. But I hear you. Mail. Rusev's porn gimmick, Joshua writes us. Hey, Fiender Rosenberg and Staddy by Nature. I just want to say something real quick. Rusev's new gimmick is Rusex. Do me a favor and enjoy yourself, gentleman Josh Jones. <laughs> I hear you, but it is nice to have Rusev back. Uh, Matt writes us, all hail King Corbin. Sweet Pete and Snack Guy, I'll admit that I wasn't sold on Corbin as King of the Ring, but after that entrance and promo on Monday night, I am completely sold. The new music, the Valerian Steel Crown, the Scepter, the Direwolf Robe, it's perfect. He took everything that worked about being constable and made it royally obnoxious. King Corbin is mage. All hail King Corbin. Thanks for all you do. Stay mage and enjoy yourself, Matt from Connecticut. Great way of saying it, Matt. And and that's why we always kind of, at least I over the last few weeks, started accepting the idea of King Corbin because I realized how royally obnoxious he was and how perfect that is. Brian writes us. Smackdown on Fox. Shout out to the WrestleMania equivalent SmackDown next week. <laughs> it is. They certainly want it to be some, uh, WrestleMania equivalent. We'll see. Austin writes us one ep and cheap heat. M- 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 hey, Peter and Greg, thanks for thanks as always for the weekly quality content. I'll try to keep this brief. The new one ep is amazing, Peter. I'm very hyped for the rest of the season. What you and Cypher are doing with this new format is dope. I love the storytelling mixed in with parts from past interviews. Excited to hear more one ep. As far as wrestling goes, all I've been thinking about of late is what's to stop WWE and AEW from cross promoting. I understand there's no real incentive for WWE, but as everyone keeps saying, the winners are the fans in this situation. As a fan, I want to see WWE stars go against AEW stars in some sort of cross-pay-per-view. I need to see Cody Rhodes versus Triple H and other matchups just because both companies can. What's to stop them from having an occasional cross-promotion pay-per-view where some WWE guys go over and some AEW guys go over, and at the end of the day, the fans get to have the best of both worlds? Thoughts? Stay mage, fellas. Thank you for your kind words, Austin, and it's it's an interesting thought, you know, that certainly seems more feasible now than it would have during the Monday Night Wars. Um, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't absolutely rule that out at some point. You know, I mean, it, it depends how things go. If WWE stays firmly in their position and AEW becomes just like a, a slightly bigger TNA, it's something that's possible. If AEW starts getting like a two share somehow, 
right? You know, because keep in mind, TNA always hovered at about a million. Um, and WWE now is in the low to mid twos. So if if they stay at a a one, a point nine, okay. But if AEW starts out of the gate at a one point seven, which I I don't think is possible, but if they did, it, it, this conversation probably changes. And and then of course you have to see where it goes from there, but be very interesting. Um, mail. Daniel writes me want it back. Pete couldn't tell you how happy I was to hear my favorite podcast opening. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. What a great start to my day having my all-time favorite podcast back. It was a tremendous episode, and I look forward to nerding out the rest of the season. Stay mage, take it easy, and enjoy yourself, Daniel. P.S. All the big Jew talk with Dipperstein on Cheap Pete absolutely slays me. I cried laughing at that time when he asked Paul Heyman if he was a Horoset man. <laughs> oh, I didn't even remember he did that. That's amazing. I wish you and the rest of the Jew world order happy Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to all the Jews out there. Happy Rosh Hashanah. Um, Shana Tovah, everyone. Um, Mail. Christopher has a long email. The Rey Mysterio storyline WWE would never do. Hello, Cheap Heat fam. After watching another week of WWE, embarrassing the legacy of Rey Mysterio got me thinking, and I came up with the best storyline WWE would never do. WWE would have to... Dig back for this one, but have Dominic turn on Ray with the old line, you're not my real dad, hearkening back to the famous Eddie Guerrero storyline from 2005, where he was revealed to be Dominic's real father. To build up to this, have Ray lose week after week, since he basically is doing that anyway. F- finally, after a month, um, Dominic turns on Ray mid-match with a vicious chair shot. Attack, screaming, you're not my real dad. My dad was a legend, etc. Then the lights go out, and because WWE must ruin everything that works by oversaturation, the fiend Bray Wyatt is revealed as the one who masterminds it all and appears to have brainwashed Dominic against Ray, leading to a storyline between Bray and Ray, with Dominic playing the part of brainwashed helper, hearkening back to the old ECW Raven Sandman storyline. Eventually, Ray will be able to rescue Dominic from Bray's control, possibly pay-per-view match, Ray wins in a Dominic versus his retirement career match. Obviously, WWE wouldn't touch this. One, not wanting to make mention of a deceased wrestler who passed while young and still employed. Two, doubt they make mention of a child out of wedlock, blah, 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 blah. Since it's actually okay. It's an interesting thought. I I thought you were going to go somewhere else. I like the idea of you're not my real dad. Eddie Guerrero is my real dad. And then Vicky playing a part. And Vicky managing. Vicky coming back to manage Dominic. I like that. And I think they would still hearken back to Eddie. Eddie's mentioned so much and everyone knows what his pa- that his passing was tragic and about his, Eddie's demons, but they they mention Eddie a lot. You know, they they really do. I mean with with Sasha Banks's entire build, it was like half of it was about Eddie Guerrero. So, I, that wouldn't surprise me to do something. Um Kobe writes us, "Dear Mayor Pete and SGG, aka Bruno Stat Martino, a woman was recently hired at my son's daycare named China, C-H-Y-N-A. She's about the right age that it seems she was named after the WWF character. Got me thinking, which wrestler do you suppose inspired the most parents to name their children after them? Hmm. 
Also, Peter, since you're currently persona non grata on WWTV, any chance you might join up with AEW and reform the shul with MJF? I need that to happen. Hashtag the shul for life, Kobe. You know, I don't really know MJF, but you know, I love the shul. And the shul had, the shul had promise and, and never quite played out. So listen, never say never. I don't know where I'm going to go. I'm currently a wrestling free agent. As it were. So, you know, everybody's got a price. Lewis writes us, NXT ratings in AEW, hey Pete, and broken stat hard, hardly. Broken stat hardly. Oh, like stat hardy. Wow. Like Matt Hardy. I see some people online wringing their hands at NXT's early ratings and the pro AEW contingent ready to pounce, but let's be real. I love NXT, but the biggest misconception amongst the IWC is that it's this massive brand, an idea which the numbers just don't support. WWE Network currently has approximately 1.25 million subscribers in the U.S., so assuming that everyone who subscribes to the network watches NXT, they don't. Two, watches the weekly show live, they don't. And three, currently has cable and access to the USA Network, they don't. 1.25 million would be the maximum number of measurable people that would be watching NXT weekly pre-USA Network. So assuming that at least some of those subscribers don't care about NXT, it's fair to say that the second week numbers on USA are still better than what they were getting on the network with the added bonus of getting ad revenue and a lucrative content from USA. It should also be worth mentioning that these numbers don't account for DVR numbers, which will almost certainly be a major factor once AEW debuts. Given all of that, what number does AEW have to pull down to be considered a success in its debut? Take it easy, Lou. Take it easy, man, Lou. Good question, Lou. Um... Hmm. I really feel that that number for it to be something that gets people to go, whoa, is certainly well over a million viewers. You're talking about a million and a half viewers. If you, I'm talking about to get a whoa, not a this is cool, but a whoa. But I don't think they do it early on. I think it's going to have to catch on and build, you know, and then you're going to see how promo goes once basketball starts. How much do they promote it during the NBA on TNT? Um, do they really treat it like it's part of the TNT family? I think that would give us the opportunity to really see impact with regard to AEW. So, yeah, to make me say, whoa, okay, they, they need to certainly break a million viewers this week, and I would say do better than that. Maybe maybe from a rating standpoint, if they did in the low ones, I'd be pretty impressed. A one, two, one, three. But in, in, in order for me to go, holy ish, we've got a war. They got to get up to one, five, one, six, one, seven. And that, that I imagine will take time. But if they come out of the gate and they hit with a one, two, I'll, I'll stop and be very, very impressed. And everyone keeps spreading rumors about CM Punk and AJ Lee and, you know, that happens at some point be a big deal you know as much as we've said there's no chance punk comes back to wrestling and i felt that many times if cody could sell him on the dream of really shoving this up the wwe's you know what how does he not consider it at some point like why not you know, CM Punk is, it argues, people think maybe the one person who never makes amends with Vince McMahon. And it's possible. It is possible. 
when you think about the relationship he had with Triple H early on, how things ended. So one day, if Vince is no longer running the show, it would be Triple H, who he also has a you know not a great relationship with. Maybe Punk never mends the fence with WWE, which lends it the idea even more credence that he ends up never coming back. As I'm watching the new commercial for Total Divas, Sonya Deville's a regular now. Nice to see Nia back on TV. Um, Ronda Rousey on Total Divas is not what I expected. That is very interesting. Um, I mean, very is strong for a Total Divas conversation, but anyways, um, guys, we will be back recording after Raw on Monday, after AEW on Wednesday. You can always reach out to the mailbag, rosenbergbeats at gmail.com with any of your thoughts, even if it's not to be read on the air. Um, and do me a favor, have a happy Rosh Hashanah, stay mage, enjoy yourself, take it easy, man, and any other cheap cliches we have. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left the majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce... Shout out to that guy, Greg. Red Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. m m m Midge.